0: Good morning. I greet you all in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. We thank God for bringing us together once again this morning to to praise Him and to see His glory in His Word. Um, it's a joy to to be with you as we, we 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 look at the Word of God as we we go through the series of knowing God. We've already dealt with the sovereignty of God. We looked at the holiness of God today. We'll look at the goodness. Of, of God. Before that, let me um, welcome our new uh, uh, visitors, people who visited us this morning. Uh, I see there at the back uh, Pumzile uh, with her uh, two kids, her son and daughter. Pumzile lives with, with us at Home Street Home. She's, uh, she lives downstairs, directly downstairs, and uh, today she, she wanted to come to us, um, to, to come with us to, to church. So um, get to know her. Um, there's also Doris uh, there at the back. Uh, get to know her as well. Welcome, Doris. And uh, Tammy um, has come with Kolani. Uh, Kolani, right? Kolani. Co- <laughs> so welcome, Kolani, as well. Get to know him as well. Um, welcome to, to Central Baptist Church. May you feel at home. Um, So, um, usually we we, we teach through a book and we'll start that in February as we go through Nehemiah. Uh, But for the month of January, what we're doing, we're trying to um, calibrate our hearts um, in, in our knowledge of God to, to remind ourselves who God is to, 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 to revive our attitude of worship and, and to do that well is to, is to draw near to, to God and, and find out what the word of God says about God himself because we can be 100% confident that God has res- revealed himself clearly in his word. And we can come to know Him clearly when we study the Word of God. So we're looking at the attributes of God. Today we're looking at the goodness of God. Just look at Psalm 107 with me, just to just bring this passage to to your mind as we, we head into this topic of the goodness of God. Psalm 107, verse 1. The psalmist says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. For He is good, for His goodness, for for His steadfast love endures forever. And we will come back to that passage right in the middle of the sermon. This is the Word of God. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, our Lord and God, what a joy indeed it is to draw near to You. What a joy indeed it is, O God, to, to see the glory of the Lord as revealed in the Word. It is our prayer, Lord, as we have been singing, show us Christ. Oh, God, reveal your glory through the preaching of your word until every heart confesses that Christ is Lord. And let this be a prayer of our hearts as we hear your word this morning. Give me clarity of speech, Lord. Give me clarity of thought as I communicate your precious word. In Jesus' blessed name we pray. Amen. C.S. Lewis was an apologist um, in the late uh, 1960s, and he wrote in, in 1954, I think. Um, I'll, I'll go check. He wrote uh, seven books, and um, these books are called the Chronicles of, of Narnia. And in these chronicles, the first, actually, the first book that he writes is called the the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And um, in this book, we we find one of the best lines that help us appreciate the attribute of the goodness of God. The the, the book tells a story of Peter, Susan, Edmund, and Lucy. They one day discover a magical land um, called Narnia through a secret passage in a wardrobe. And and Narnia is a place um, that has talking fawns and beavers. And, and, and has a king um, named Aslan Aslan the lion Aslan is a figure of Christ of course as, 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 as he's the central figure of, of the, the book and he's, he's, he, he, he prefigures Christ he, 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 he displays Christ in the book in a conversation between Susan and another beaver uh, Mr. Beaver who's a resident of the the city of Narnia, they talk about Aslan, and and, and Mr. Beaver is explaining who Aslan is to to Susan before Susan meets uh, Aslan the lion. And here's how the conversation goes. Mr. Beaver says this to Susan, Aslan is a lion, the great lion, the lion. And then Susan responds, Oh, I thought he was a man. Is he? Is he quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. Mr. Beaver responds, safe? Who said anything about safe? Because, of course, he is not safe, but he's good. He is not safe, but he is good. He is the king, I tell you. And this is what makes the attribute of of, of the goodness of God comforting, isn't it? The the, the, the fact that when we think about the exercise of God's power, we can be confident that it is not power that is out of control. It is power that is exercised in his goodness, right? He exercises power out of his goodness. And when we see um, his goodness... In light, when we see his power in light of his goodness, this becomes a comfort to us. Right? In fact, when we see every attribute of God that he exercises in light of the fact that he is good, we become comforted. In fact, I put it to you this morning that the goodness of God is not only an attribute of God, but the foundational truth every Christian should embrace. And we do embrace it, right? We, we, we say things like, God is good. And what, what is usually the response? All the time. And all the time, God is good. It, it's, a, it's a foundational truth we, we embrace about the character of God. We, we know that we serve a good God. We know that the God who, who, has, who has revealed himself in the word is a good God. But the question is, do we really understand when the Bible speaks about the goodness of the Lord? I want this morning, I want us to see three things that will help us better understand the goodness of the Lord. Three things that will better help us understand the goodness of the Lord. First of all, I'll give you a definition, the definition of the goodness of the Lord. We sing about the the, the goodness of the Lord, that God is good, and we say it often to each other. But do we fully understand this attribute of God? I I want us to take time, as we hear the word this morning, to to meditate, to to bring our minds uh, to submission, to, to to the glory and the power of God's word. The Bible defines god's goodness in two ways the 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 first way it defines that the goodness of god is with regards to his character and the other focuses on his actions on what he does right psalm 119 119 verse 68 captures both these definitions Um, Clearly, when it says that, uh, when it says about God, you are good and you do what is good. The first half of that verse focuses on the fact that that God is by nature good; Uh, that He is is. As, as one author has put it, he is morally excellent. He is extraordinarily beautiful. He is deeply glad and, and extravagantly bountiful. Or, or to say it simply, he is deeply caring. He, he is free from selfish motive and he is action orientated. But since this is um, God we are talking about, this goodness ascribed to him, is raised to the highest possible levels. Think about it. Right? God is the original definition of good. He is goodness itself. He is the source of all that is good. He is good in and of himself. For us, rather, uh, uh, our goodness is an added quality. It, It does not come naturally to us but for for god it is a natural goodness it is it, it's an original goodness god is not just the greatest of all beings he is the best he is the highest he is the most glorious and that's what exactly jesus says to to the to the young rich ruler remember when when the young rich ruler came to jesus and was asking about the question of of inheriting eternal life how does he inherit eternal life and and, and jesus christ says to him uh, no one is good but god we, we call all kinds of things good we, we use that word a lot And sometimes we we use it aimlessly. There's a a good steak. There's a good friend. There's a good movie. It's, It's a word that we use to describe the things that we experience. Right? But all that we call good on this earth is tainted and imperfect. God alone is goodness itself. To put it another way, as I was thinking, I was sitting down and, and thought of this word, he is goodness unabridged. His goodness is not edited. His, his goodness cannot be tainted. Everything that he does is good because it is in his character to be good. He cannot be good. He cannot be God without being good. How do we see, a lot of times, the true character of an individual? We see it by by their actions, right? By their actions. Because words can deceive. We we can say one thing with our mouth while our actions tell a different story. So oftentimes our actions reveal our true character. So, So the second strand of the definition for God's goodness concentrates on what he does and the bible is is full it is replete of with descriptions that point to his kindness his mercy his steadfast love his his generosity he is disposed to give to human beings beyond all deserving all the time have you ever thought of god as generous towards you Have you ever woken up and and thought about the fact that God is continually and every day generous towards you? He can crush you at any moment, but he doesn't. He continues to show you generosity. He continues to show you kindness and and compassion. He continues to, to respond to you not as your sins deserve. Can you believe that when, you, when, when God looks at you with all your baggage, all your junk, all your hang-ups, and, and he says to you, uh, this, is, th- this is what God says to you when he's, he, he, he looks at you. He says, I want to be generous to you. I want to pour on you all that will truly rejoice your heart. And this is not because you deserve it, but only because of God's goodness that loves to overflow in generosity towards his children. The Bible says, those are actually God's thoughts about you. In other words, God is for you. He is there plotting to do you good. You are the object of his affection, the apple of his eye. And because of his divine nature, all that he expresses comes from an expensive, overwhelming, God-sized generosity towards you. But maybe you just can't go there this morning. Maybe your circumstances are, are dull, your, your life is hard, and your options are, are so few that for you to say, God is good, feels hollow. Uh, let me help you to see, see through the, 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 the lens that the Bible supplies. The, 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 the Bible tells us about the goodness of God, and we see that in our, second, uh, 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 in our second point, how God reveals his goodness. How God reveals his goodness. Let me give you three specific channels God uses to broadcast his goodness towards us first of all God God reveals his goodness in natural blessings in natural blessings uh, and this is the lowest, uh, the lowest level at which he expresses his goodness and, and, and the one we tend to overlook or, or take for granted but, but David saw it clearly he he was moved by God to write in, in Psalm 145 a, a hymn of praise that celebrates God's goodness expressed in the created order. Look at Psalm 145 with me. In, in verses 3 and verses 4, verse 3 and 4, David shouts out, he says, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Uh, do you see that? Do you see what, what, what's the most important thing that we must pass from our generation to the next generation, from, from your generation as a parent to your, genera- your, your kids' generation? Uh, the, 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 the thing that you must pass the most is, is to tell them about who God is. David, David says, one generation shall commend your works to another. They, they, shall tell, they shall tell them about God. They shall tell them about the character of God, the promises of God, the, the, the demands of God, the commands of God, and declare his mighty acts. When we talk about discipleship, especially as a, as a church, as we think about discipleship, I'm not digressing. I'm, I just want to um, include this point in. When we talk about discipleship, the, the first and primary discipleship uh, uh, um, um, context is the home. And, and, and you'll notice that when you read the Bible in the Old Testament, that God would keep saying to, to, to one generation that... Um, they would place memo- uh, things that would remind them of events that happened. And he says, when, when your children ask about these stones that have been placed here, when your children ask about these things that have been placed here, remind them of the God who, who, who delivered you out of Israel. That there was supposed to be a generational uh, 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 passing on of who God is. So God is good. One generation will pass this to another generation. Look at verse 7 and 8 uh, uh, to 9. It, it describes the older generation, what they will say to the younger generation. This is what they will say. David says, they, they, I mean the psalmist here, David says, they shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious, they are saying this. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Notice verse 9 as well. The Lord is good to all. Amen. The Lord is good to all. The question is, who is included in the all? You are. Your kids are. We are to commend this from one generation to another. And in case you have missed it, he repeats the idea in the next phrase. He repeats the idea differently. He says, the Lord is good to to all and his mercy is over all that he has made. (laughs) His mercy crowns his creation. How about that? that means, brothers and sisters, that means there is no way. There is no way you can go in the universe where God, where, where, where God won't be good to you. Look at verse 15 and 17. We read more about his goodness. He says, the the eyes of all who look to you. And and, and, the eyes of all look to you. And you give them their food in due season. You open your hand. You, You satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. Every relationship, every job, every tree, every taste of food that pleases us every bed song that pleases our ear every friend and flower and field are a reminder of his compassion towards us you see when you want to experience the compassion of god on a on a on a, on a hot summer day just relax and put uh, watermelon in your fridge <laughs> And sit down and just take a slice and take a bite into that. The goodness of God displayed in natural things. Secondly, the goodness of God is displayed in his kind interventions. In his kind interventions. In Psalm, Psalm 107 that we just we, we read when we started, it is totally de- devoted to this theme and, and opens with joy. Listen to verse 1 and 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has revealed from trouble. And what does he say? Why do they say so? They say so because the Lord is good and his steadfast love endures forever. The, the, the psalmist in this psalm, you'll notice that it's 43 verses, what he does in this psalm is that he describes four different scenarios where God graciously steps in to reveal his goodness. I don't have time to unfold each one of them, but, but just to touch on it just a bit. First of all, God comes to the rescue of people who are frantically searching for something or someone that will satisfy their soul. When they cry out to the Lord, he delivers them and and their soul and and they find a true home in him. Secondly, God intervenes in the lives of those who have rebelled against the word of God and suffer for it. When they repent, he doesn't look back and, and forget them, he delivers them from their distress, he breaks the chains of sin and that, that bind them and tends the night today. Thirdly, God intervenes on behalf of his goodness in the lives of foolish people who had given themselves to sin and and find its death-bringing result touching their relationship and lives. When they cry out to the Lord, he heals them and and reverses the the, the killing effects of sin in their lives. Fourthly, and lastly, God rescues those pounded by calamity when the storms threaten to sink us and we are at our wits end we can, we, can, we, 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 we can call to him and see him command the storms to be still because he is good brothers and sisters let me, let me remind you that our lives today are a testimony of the goodness of God we have woken up today. We, we are here today. We, we hear his word. It, it is the testimony of the fact that God is good. We have sinned against God multiple times. But yet God has not crushed us. We are here. It is a testimony of the goodness of God. There is no man better to understand that like, like Asaph, the psalmist, Asaph the psalmist thought uh, uh, that he, he, he could, he, he, as, as he looked at the world and he saw people driving uh, nice cars, if he was in our time, he saw people driving nice cars, living in big houses, eating good food, and, 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 and they were not Christian, and they hated God, and they lived in immorality. And, and he, on the other hand, was faithful to God, and he loved God, and he served God, and he walked with God, and none of those things were, 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 were true of him. He did not have a big house. He did not have a good car. He did not have a, a, you know, a, a good job and, and stuff like that. And he looked at these things and he thought, God is not good. I'd rather sin than live a holy life. And then he repents and comes to his senses. Look at verse 73, chapter 73 of, of Psalm. Just that first verse. You, you'll see how, what he says. Think about this man. This man after he comes to, to a realization of the fact that God is good and he, he gives a testimony. Imagine him sitting, uh, standing here right in front of us and telling us his story. And this is how he starts his story. He says, Truly, God is good to Israel and to those who are pure in heart. This is a reality about the goodness of God. It is the truth about the, 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 truth, the, the, the goodness of God. He is truly good. The, the, the fact that we are here is because of the goodness of God. Let us not forget that. Let us not neglect that. Let us not reject that truth. Let us live in it and rejoice in it and and find ourselves meditating truly upon it. He's been there for you more than you'll ever know. No matter what the situation you're facing this morning, God is the best person to take it to because he is good. There is no shorter source of deliverance or blessing than him because he is good all the time. Lastly, we see the display of his goodness. It is through his son, Jesus Christ. He displays his goodness especially and clearly in his son. Think about Colossians 1. It reminds us that Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God in verse 15. And that God was pleased to to have all his fullness dwell in him in verse 19. In other words, Jesus... Is God's goodness in the flesh? He, he demonstrated God's desire to pour out blessing and help and deliverance to us. And he did this in three ways. First of all, Jesus took the judgment that our sins deserved upon himself. Remember Romans 5, verse, 9, verse 8, right? that God displayed his love in this way that when we were still sinners Christ died for us in other words God's extravagant love flowed to us in an amazing substitution of his son in our place on the cross his death for us is the undisputed picture of the unmerited goodness of God you don't deserve it I don't deserve it. In fact, we, we continue to do things every day that show and that prove that we don't deserve the, wrath, the, 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 the goodness of God. That only the thing that we deserve is the wrath of God, but he displays his goodness each and every day. One Puritan says in, in, in his prayer, he says to God, you are good. Yet I continue to sin against you. God is good. But he is good. He is good. His nature drives a a desire to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. So he puts his son... Forward on our behalf to take our hell and and, and give all uh, 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 the heaven uh, to us. <laughs> God is good. Secondly, what Christ does is that He includes a thousand other things in the gift of Himself. God in Christ does that. In Romans chapter eight verse thirty-two, this is what it says about God. It says He did not even spare his own son, but offered him up for all of us, how, how will he not much more grant us everything when he did not spare his son? This is, uh, I hope you, you, you don't become shocked. I hope you rejoice when you, when you hear this truth. God chose to show the wrath that we deserve to his son. He chose not to be good to his son, let's put it like that, who deserved all the goodness in the world, and chose to show his goodness to wrath-deserving sinners like you and I. He he chose to make him who is righteous die on the cross. So that his goodness will be displayed to the unrighteous who deserve more than the cross. Doesn't that rejoice your heart? He he withdrew his goodness from his son on the cross. When he turned his back and his son said, my father my father why have you forsaken me he chose for a moment to forsake his beloved son so that the unlovely and the sinners will experience the greatness of his goodness the extravagance of his goodness how can we not rejoice when we hear such Let me let me skip here and go to to the third point. How do we respond to God's goodness? How do we respond to God's goodness? The the, the goodness of God calls for a response. We, we we cannot just hear about the goodness of God and say, Oh, that's nice, and go back to, to our lives. We, we cannot hear about the goodness of God and continue to go back into our sinful lives, and, into immoral lives, into lives of debauchery and, and lives that dishonor God, lives of, 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 of hatred, lives of, of, of gossip. We cannot go back to those lives. When we, once, once we hear about the goodness of God, our, our hearts must be softened. They must be changed. What is our response? When we begin to experience the effect of God's generosity, first of all, we repent of unbelief and ingratitude, being ungrateful. In Romans chapter two, verse four, Paul says to to the church, or do you presume on the riches of his kindness, talking about God, and forbearance and patience, not knowing that his kindness, his goodness, is meant to lead you to repentance? Do you see that? It is meant to do what? To lead you to repentance. What Paul is essentially saying here is that do you think that all these blessings that visit you day and night, that comes your way, is it because you are just incredibly nice? Or, 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 you know, you made God's special list. Do you think it is because of that? No. His goodness was meant to lead you to him. It was meant to draw you to himself. You see, brothers and sisters, when we continue in unrepentant sin, we can know the goodness of God by our hates. But when we continue in unrepentant sin, it's a clear reflection that we don't know the goodness of God. We have never experienced the goodness of God. Uh, Going through your life, Receiving what he has given without trusting in Christ is like saying to God, God, all, all I have that is coming my way, I deserve this and more. So keep it coming. We want gifts, but not the giver. Our ungratefulness, our ingratitude, our ingratitude and greed for what he can do for us while rejecting him is the height of sin. And one day, let me tell you, brothers and sisters, let me tell you, in your unrepentant sin, the gravy train will stop. A day of reckoning will come. Just look around you. See the hand of the Lord in your life and turn to Him today. Put an end to taking from God and, and, and learn to thank Him. Secondly, we respond to God's goodness by resting in his goodness when adversity comes, when trials come, when persecution comes, we rest in his goodness. We, we live in a world where, where bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people. Uh, sometimes our circumstances argue with us about how God is good. We, we start to question the goodness of the Lord, right? when we face difficulty, when we face uh, 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 um, trials. Sometimes God's good plan for us means going through the trials and losses and heartache and death that we go through. But hear me, hear me clearly this morning. He is there for you. He is there with you. Psalm 31 verse 19 and 20 says, How great is your goodness that you have stored up for those who fear you and accomplish in the sight of everyone for those who take refuge in you. You hide them in the protection of your presence. You conceal them in a shelter from the, the schemes of men for quarrel, from quarrelsome tongues. God does this for us each and every day. God has great goodness stored up for you. And you need to take your refuge in Him. Rest in Him. He is, he, he is up to, to, to more than you know. And, and, and has hidden help that only comes when you give it up to Him. Thirdly and lastly, seek to display goodness in your life. Seek to display goodness in your life. Seek to be a blessing to others just as God is a blessing to you. You see, Christians are to reflect goodness in their lives. Stephen Chanock says that if God loves himself, he cannot but love the resemblance of himself and the image of his goodness in his children. Right? God rejoices when we reflect him to the world. And one of the ways we reflect God to the world is our goodness. In light of God's goodness, we we are to seek to do good in our lives. Think about Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. Paul says, and let us not grow weary of doing good. Let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then we have we as we have opportunity let us do good to everyone and especially to those of the household of faith do you see that let us seek to do good to everyone because our god is good we want to reflect the goodness of god to the world right he has saved us to good works true faith responds by displaying good works One of the ultimate ways we do good to the world is by sharing the gospel. There is no greater way of sharing the gospel than to, there is no greater way of of showing the the goodness of God to the world than sharing the gospel. Because in in sharing the gospel, we are reminding the world who God is, right? Right? When Jesus Christ says in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to do all that I command. Behold, I am with you always to the end of the very ages. When he's giving us that great commission to go to the world, essentially what God is saying is saying, go and tell them about my goodness, especially the goodness that was displayed on the cross when God withheld his goodness from his son to display goodness from those who do not deserve goodness, we cannot but sing about this. We cannot but, 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 but go on the highest mountain to shout about this to the world and say, Jesus Christ has died for sinners like you and me to display the goodness of God. Come to him. Come to him. Trust in him rely upon him learn from him walk with him love him and worship him amen our dear heavenly father our lord and god indeed it is a great joy it's a great joy to know that we truly have a good father who is good who does good we pray that our hearts will rejoice as we think about this truth in our lives how it, it affects us, how it has changed our identity. And, 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 and from children of wrath who became sons of, and daughters of God, God, continue to display your goodness in our lives. Help us to be bold so that we can, we can speak of your goodness from one generation to another. We can speak of your goodness from, to those who do not know you. And those who do not know you that are here, Lord, this morning. Those who are living lives that do not display the fact that they know your goodness. I pray that you draw them to yourself, oh Lord. That they will come to know you, come to repent, come to love you. In the precious name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ we pray this. Amen.